Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Two candidates are vying to represent Chula Vista as mayor. Last night, the San Diego Union-Tribune opinion team held an in-person forum at the Chula Vista Public Library with candidates John McCann and Amar Kampa-Najar. The conversation was moderated by editorial and opinion director Matthew T. Hall, and as you're going to hear, it was a lively night. In this edited interview, you'll hear from the candidates on a number of issues, including housing, homelessness, taxes, trash collection, and more. Thanks for listening. Uh, Chula Vista is the second largest city in San Diego County. It has the same population as Buffalo and nearly that of St. Louis, Pittsburgh, or St. Paul. About 30% of its residents commute to work outside the city. About 30% are foreign-born. 60% are Latino, 15% are of Asian descent, and 58% speak a language other than English at home. <coughs> Chula Vista is at a crossroads, and certainly is in the mayor's race, where you have one candidate running on experience, and the other saying it's time for new leadership. Republican John McCann is in his fourth four-year term as a city council member. John was elected in 2002, 2006, 2014, and 2018 to the city council, and in between, John served in Iraq and sat on the Sweetwater Union High School District Board of Trustees. Uh, Democrat Amar Kampanajar is a businessman and two-time congressional candidate who lost to Duncan Hunter in 2018, and then Darrell Issa in 2020 in the 50th Congressional District in East County. Like McCann, he graduated from Chula Vista Schools and San Diego State University. Kampanajar also graduated from Southwestern College. One of them will replace Mary Casilla Salas, the city's first Latina mayor. Let's learn a little bit more about them. They're each gonna get 60 seconds for an opening statement. At the very end, they'll get 30 seconds for a closing statement. And in between, we are gonna get as many questions in as we can. Uh, so John, why don't you take the introductory mic first? Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Um, my name is uh, City Council Member John McCann. I'm a Navy reservist, uh, and my wife and I both grew up in Chula Vista. Uh, we own a home. Uh, we've raised our kids for the last 20 years being married, and uh, we've been very happy with the city of Chula Vista. I'm running for mayor because I believe that I both have the experience and the know-how in this era of transition. I want to ensure that the city that I love will thrive economically and culturally in the next several decades. I'm endorsed by the Chula Vista Police Officers, the National Latino Police Officers Association, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, because I'm tough on crime and I make sure that I'm there for our community and businesses and oppose taxes. Thank you. Mark. Thank you all for being here tonight. In 1993, me and my family moved to Chula Vista, the west side off of J Street on Woodlawn and Kearney. Ten years later, in 2003, we went, I moved to Eastlake, went to Eastlake High School, Southwestern College, San Diego State University, and those opportunities is what led me to work in the Obama administration and now run for mayor of Chula Vista in the city that I was once a janitor in. That's the promise of this city. And I think this election is not about the past 20 years, it's about the next 20 years of this city. And in the past couple years, we've seen crime go up, homelessness go up, and housing costs go up. We're going to need bold, aggressive, ambitious leadership 
to make sure to write the next chapter of Chula Vista. And I believe I'm uniquely positioned to do that. I'm the only person running who's lived the inequities of both the West and the East. I'm the only person running who will have a ready and willing coalition on day one from the state, the governor's endorsement, the county board of supervisors' endorsement, and the current city council's endorsement. We're gonna to have to build a coalition together to lead us towards the horizon. Thank you, Omar. Thank you. First question to Omar. As a congressional candidate on October 7th, 2020, 28 days before the presidential election, you told the founder of Defend East County, a group with a large Facebook following whose members have made racist statements and incited violence against Black Lives Matter protesters, that your vote for president was, quote, still open and that if elected, you would consider investigating Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. What should voters make of these comments? What do they say about the strength of your political convictions? Yeah, I think it was a combination of being misquoted and misspeaking. I'll take responsibility for the misspeaking part. I've been endorsed by President Barack Obama in the past. No one is above the law, including our sitting president and our, our former president. And um, only one of us on this stage condemned the action of January 6th. My opponent actually recused himself for voting on condemning January 6th, an event that led to the possible the threats of violence and death against our own members of Congress. And, and you are running out of time to answer your question. Yeah, so, so, so thank you, but please don't interrupt. So my position has always been that I think debates should be where you determine on who to vote for. And on that issue, I said that I wanted to watch the debate. The debate was that evening. I was endorsed by Joe Biden. I endorsed Joe Biden, and I voted for him. I was trying to exemplify the same open-mindedness I hope to see here tonight. After this debate, you should decide on who to vote for. After that debate, I chose to support Joe Biden. There's no question about my record as a Democrat. Um, John, let me ask you a question now. You've been on the council 16 of the last 20 years. And some of the city's most pressing problems, it's structural budget deficit, housing affordability, homelessness, and concerns about Chula Vista Police Department surveillance have only grown in that time. Why should Chula Vista residents trust you to make their lives better when these pressing problems have gotten worse on your watch? Well, I would disagree with the financial stability of the city. Actually, we are one of the best financially uh, cities in the entire state of California and our finance department actually got an award. I was, when I get back on the council, uh, we needed to have a 20% reserve. I supported that and we accomplished that when I got back on the, the council. Uh, I was a leader in pension reform. Uh, I was able to get our council to get rid of the pension spiking. And we were able to, we were in $350 million in pension liability deficit. I was able to lead the charge starting in 2015 to be able to get rid of that $350 million, which saved us $14 million in our annual budget, general budget, and it created a fund, trust fund, so if there were issues with our pension, that we'd be able to cover that in the future. Um, question for you, uh, Amar. I, we've gotten a lot of uh, questions from the audience so far. I'd say about half are about your residency. So set the record straight. Are you a resident of Chula Vista or are you not a resident of Chula Vista and how do you prove it to the constituents? I am a resident of Chula Vista. I understand why people are concerned because I was born in East County and I ran for Congress in East County. But to say I don't live in Chula Vista, you would have to take away my East Lake High School diploma, 
You'd have to take away a piece of mail that John McCann sent me two weeks ago to my home address. You'd have to take away three generations of my family's heritage, which I'm not going to let anyone erase my family's heritage in Chula Vista. This is my tierra, just like everybody else here. Where do you live? And I live in Eastlake, on Lago Ventana, in the same home I lived in since 2003. You're more than welcome to join me there. And you have to erase 75, 75% of my life to take away my residency. The way I prove it, come, you can watch me sleep if you want. But there's a, there is a underskirting of, there's an underskirting of birtherism that is not right for Chula Vista. First, it's you're not from here, you're a foreigner, you're this and that, no de aquí, no de allá. Yes, I was born in East County, I was raised in Chula Vista. I have the transcripts to prove it, I have tax bills to prove it, I have, and I've shared it with the press. So this question of where I'm from is deeper than just where I sleep at night. I know what the underbelly of that question is, and it's not who we are as a city. Yes, I was born in East County. Yes, I ran in East County, but I'm a Chula Vistan through and through, and I'm proud of it. Where are you living now? Let me, please. I said, in Lago Ventana, Chula Vista. Let's talk about some issues. Affordable housing. What would you do about affordable housing in Chula Vista? Sure, sure. Um, again, my wife and I have owned a house in the city of Chula Vista. We've been married for 25 years. Uh, we know how important it is for people to have home ownership and affordable housing. Our children, we want to be able to have them stay in the city of Chula Vista. Uh, I have the experience of in the 90s being on the Housing Advisory Commission, um, being on the Planning Commission, and then in the early 2000s being on the uh, Chula Vista City Council, and then again on 2014. For 10 years in a row, we were able to be, and I was part of the team that made East Lake the number one new home community in the county of San Diego. What about District 2? Excuse me. Um, the reality is, is that I have been a leader and that Chula Vista is one of the only cities that in the new plan communities that you could actually go from the board, the mailroom to the boardroom in the same community. When I grew up in Chula Vista in the older communities, my mom worked at Aurora Industries. And when my friends' parents became more affluent, they would leave the city. <coughs> Question to you, Omar, on affordable housing. What would you do to uh, have more affordable housing, especially for the senior population in Chula Vista? Well, first answer and address the question. This is what you get for 16 years, by the way, if you vote for him again. And most voters don't. I live in Chula Vista, but most voters here care less about where I live and where they're going to live and their kids are going to live. So let's answer the question. Number one, 40% of housing costs are government red tape. So how can we reduce the government red tape to make sure that it's easier to build a house in Chula Vista? We're 11,000 homes short in Chula Vista according to the arena numbers. That's the regional housing needs assessment. So how do we build more housing, make it easier to permit? It's, it's Chula Vista, as you know, some of you are builders here or business owners, it's the hardest place to, to start and scale a business, Chula Vista, because of the permitting. So let's fix the permitting, let's streamline the red tape. Number two, let's build more housing on the empty uh, ghost parking lots, the MTS parking lots. Um, any public land, whether it's MTS or, or otherwise, or publicly, the city owns or the, or the school district, let's build more housing there. Let's work with the community colleges to build more housing, mixed-use uh, land development as well. So the things we need to do is build more inventory, um, reduce the upfront cost from government, and there's something else that we can do, which is reduce the property tax so that it's easier for, we can pass on the cost uh, saving to the renter or the owner, 
And then after a couple years, that land will become publicly owned. Right now, we can't do that because we need high taxes to rely on funding our city. We need to grow our revenue and not have high taxes. McCann's raised taxes on locals, and that's run people out of business in the city, including home builders. We're so going to we move on to the structural budget, the structural budget deficit. I know, John, you're saying that you've done a lot for the uh, economy of Chula Vista, but the reality is that the budget was approved with a $10 million shortfall. How would you address this amid inflation concerns, recession fears, and the disappearance of COVID-19 relief funds? And what would you say to residents to set realistic expectations about the level of public services and safety they will see in the next year or two? So, again, we have, I have only ever approved a balanced budget. Uh, I've saved, again, been a, a uh, $14 million on my efforts for pension reform. Uh, we are there to be able to increase revenue to the city. I've helped over 200 small businesses locate and open up here. In addition, one of the major issues that we can have is TOT tax. Uh, the east side of the city of Chula Vista had zero hotels, and we were able to attract Marriott, we were able to attract Errors, we were able to attract Hampton Inn. 100% of that taxation goes to the city. One of the challenges is, is that when we go into recession, Sacramento and the state of California will change and take away our tax basis from sales tax, because the sales tax goes to Sacramento and then comes back down in every recession we get less and less as a city again I've been there to make sure that we now have fully funded reserves of 20% uh, and I'm streamlining to be able to attract businesses to get here Amar, question to you about the city's structural budget deficit how would you address it and what would you tell the residents it's a great question so my goal is to a couple things. For two years, we have not requested congressional earmarks, federal funding, which is one time millions of dollars in projects that we could be funding, things to pay off the 125, things like to open up more libraries. Just one time funding, that, that's federal dollars, it's our tax dollars, federal and state dollars that we have not secured. And that means that we've had to fund the economy and our city's revenue, our city's budget on your backs by having the second highest sales tax in the county of San Diego. He's claiming it's Sacramento. Don't let him fool you. You know how this works. We have the second highest sales tax in the county, which runs people, businesses out of town. We need to attract more tourism, more TOT. We're not gonna do it by having the highest sales tax in the county. We're gonna do it by growing our economy and inviting more revenue in. And one of my goals when I'm mayor is to get a university endowment program to get philanthropists around the county to fund uh, seed funding for a university to attract SDSU, to attract UCSD, and if we do that, we'll bring more industries, more jobs, and more housing opportunities. And I've already had conversations with philanthropists around the county to properly fund this endowment program to get the seedling of getting a university done. We need that badly to fund this city. If we're going to hire 40 more police officers, we've got to grow the economy. If we're going to deal with housing costs, we've got to grow the economy. If we're going to deal with homelessness, we've got to grow the economy. We can't keep recycling the same past 16 years of failed leadership. We need a new vision for this city. Thank you. Can I have a rebuttal, please? Let's, not on that one. Let's move on to another aspect of the budget. Stay on sales taxes. As people in Chula Vista know, because they're seeing fewer money in their bank accounts and wallets, Measure P, 10-year half-cent sales tax for infrastructure expenses, was passed in 2016. It expires in 2027. 
Measure A, a half-cent sales tax for public safety officers passed in 2018. Does Chula Vista need a new sales tax? What, if any, local tax increase would you support in the next four years as mayor? Amar, to you. The answer is I, I hope not, and I think there's a chance that we can do it. First of all, we have to take care of the bare basics. Public safety is our top priority. The job of the mayor is to ensure the safety of our city, so we'll have to make sure to fund it. All of you voted for Measure A, but Measure P is infrastructure. There's $1.2 trillion that Congress passed for infrastructure, that's your tax dollars, that we haven't seen in the form of reinvesting in our city. So as mayor, I'd request congressional earmarks form that $1.2 trillion investment, the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the historic bill that Congress passed, that's our tax money, our federal tax dollars. So instead of raising your taxes, I'd rather get back your taxes from Sacramento and Washington. The other thing is that half a million people are gonna be coming to the convention center and the Gaylord property every single year according to the developers. And my concern is what happens when they're done going to the convention? They're gonna take their, their badge off and go to San Diego or are they gonna spend their money here? My job as mayor will to be make, make sure that all the corridors that lead to the Bayfront, make sure those restaurants and those businesses are ready for prime time so that those convention goers could be our tax base. Those tourists could be our tax base and I could look you in the eye and say, we've grown our revenue, we don't need to raise taxes. We could reduce the cost of living and improve the quality of life. If you elect him, that'll never happen. He's had 16 years to do it, he hasn't done it. We need new, aggressive, and ambitious leadership to get it done and I can do it with the coalition that I built. Thank you. John, question to you. Does, does Chula Vista need a new sales tax? What, if any, local tax increase would you support over the next four years? I don't support any sales tax, and I've been on the forefront of opposing the mileage tax, the gas tax increases, and any sales tax increases. And I did not support all the sales taxes that Amar talks about because he was out in East County, and I was here in the city of Chula Vista working for our citizens. The reality is, is that when you're looking at our budget, well, back to the Bayfront, I was there in 20, or 2003 when we actually master planned the Bayfront. Uh, we went through 21 different agencies. Uh, we were able to get a unanimous vote by different agencies. A $1.2 billion project that took two decades. He's a bureaucrat. He's the one who causes all that red tape, even though he, he says he's uh, against it. But the reality is these things take time, take process, and we were able to get the Gaylord approved and be able to get it under construction, a $1.2 billion project. I've been working with Gaylord to be able to set them up with people on the Broadway and people on Third Avenue to make sure that those residents come in and spend their money. And again, that's why I'm endorsed by Mayor Greg Cox Mayor Shirley Horton and Mayor Cheryl Cox because they know you just can't come in with no experience and do it overnight. You need to have the right experience to be able to do the job of mayor. Let me ask you a question. I'm getting a bunch of uh, questions from the audience about um, various communities in Chula Vista um, and what, people, what you two would do specifically to uh, include and protect some of these communities. Card specifically mentioned the Jewish community, the AAPI community, the unsheltered community. Um, so how would you work to include all of the city's communities? And, and a specific question, what would your staff, what would the staff of your office look like? How would you try, or would you not try, to have it reflect the diversity of, of, the, of the city? John, why don't you go first? Yeah, so when you look at me, I support all of Chula Vista. 
I'm the only candidate here that is endorsed by the Latino American Political Association. I'm the only candidate who's endorsed by the National Latino Police Officers Association Advocacy. I'm the only candidate here that is endorsed by the San Diego County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Why are they endorsing me? Because I was there to be able to help them thrive, be able to make sure that our police department looks like our community. Because I was able to help over a hundred Hispanic business owners get permits and open up. That's why they've endorsed me. Why do you think the Filipino community is helping me and supporting me? Because I've grown up in Chula Vista and I've been part of that diversity and we want to make sure that we keep that diversity and that no matter what race, what color, that you come to Chula Vista, you are welcome and that you can thrive. And I will again, my uh, staff right now, who I hope will come with me, are all Hispanics. Uh, it's not because they're Hispanics because I hired them. I hired them because they do their job good and they do a great service to the city of Chula Vista for everyone. Thank you, John. Amar, question to you about representation uh, and inclusion. Yeah, representation matters. Um, as a proud Latino Arab American, um, I think representation is very, very important. And I'm proud to probably be the only person running who's employed Latinos who employed LGBTQ community folks, Dreamers, who's running my campaign, and I want to make sure, and military folks. My brother, by the way, is a, a naval officer, he's a SWO. So the fact that I don't, the insinuation that I don't support our military is flat on his face, insulting and wrong, number one. But we're going to make sure to have representation from every single community in our city, in my staff. And I think we need to hire more staff to make sure that we can take care of the services we need here for all of you. Because there's just not enough people doing the work, good civil servants, and we want to make sure that we have a diverse community representing uh, the city. I've been endorsed by two uh, council members, by all, all the city council, all my opponents' uh, uh, colleagues. There's a reason for that. One of them, two of them are Latinos. One is a Latina, one's a Latino, including Steve Padilla and uh, Andrea Cardenas. And one of the main reasons is because they understand that I embody and represent and welcome the diversity of all communities, everybody, even the disgruntled scared, concerned folks who are, who are you know, conservative white folks. I get it. I understand what it's like. I Trust me, I get it. I get it. I, I've spent my entire career trying to bring people together and bridge the gaps. It's gotten me in trouble sometimes because I've reached too far. But I want to make sure to represent everybody, no matter what your hues or your views are. As mayor, I'll Thank make that my top priority. It's been the goal of my life. Let me... We are going to get really local now and talk about a local ballot measure. Measure K on the November 8th ballot will be the most substantial change to Chula Vista's city charter since 1978. It would do three things. It would let non-U.S. citizens serve on local boards and commissions. It would use only mail-in ballots for special elections. And it would require the elected city attorney to live in the city and have more experience, 10 years instead of seven. Really quickly, because there's a lot of issues to cover, uh, Amar, where do you stand on those potential changes. The first one, to let non-U.S. citizens serve on boards and commissions. Boards and commissions, but not elected office? Correct. Absolutely. I mean, they pay taxes in this city, they work hard, and they should represent the communities that they're serving as well. Mail-in ballots for special elections? 
So what was that? Mail-in ballots for special elections. Absolutely. If it includes, if it gets more people to participate, the more people who are eligible to vote, voting in every election, the better. And the residency requirement and experience for the city attorney? I haven't seen the experience part, but the residency, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they don't have to be here from 1993 like I was, but, you know, some residents. John, John, question to non-U.S. citizens serving on local boards and commissions. We are a city of almost 300,000 people. Uh, we have citizens that can fill those positions. I think that we have plenty of people who want to be able to do that, and we should make sure, just like a elected position, that it should be a U.S. citizen. Uh, the Malin ballots... I actually agree with. I think it would be more cost effective when we do have a special election. And also, I believe the city of the city attorney needs to go ahead and live in the city of Chula Vista, just like the mayor, just like I have. He ran in East County for Congress multiple times. And again, he, he it's the same requirement. It's the same requirement should be for the city attorney because, again, to be able to do the job of mayor or city attorney, you need to have an investment and be able to understand what's happening in the city of Toronto. Don't, don't cross talk, please. Last winter, a month-long trash collection strike turned into a public health disaster with trash piled high citywide. Chula Vista's trash collection contract with Republic Services will expire in 2024 when you are mayor. As mayor, how specifically would you try to change or update that contract? Would you consider other trash haulers for that service? And John, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, the trash uh, contract got approved in 2013 prior to me getting back on the council. I'm a supply corps officer in the Navy Reserves. Uh, I was actually in Mosul, Iraq, uh, and I was the number one contracting officer in Iraq uh, and I got uh, a lot of praise on that. I understand contracts, uh, not only that, because of my business that my wife and I run, and there were a lot of lessons learned during that time. First, when it did happen, I was out there helping my neighbors pick up trash, making sure that we could get people like seniors their trash to, to the uh, dump. The second thing is, is that I understand Many times uh, you talk about the negotiations either in business, which I've done, or on the city council with bargaining units, where companies, with different agencies, I've done that. And what we need to do is make sure that in 2014, when we approve the new contract with the new trash hauler, that we protect our taxpayers uh, because in that contract with Republic Services, it specifically says when there was a strike, they had no liability. In the future contract, I'm gonna make sure they have liability. 2024, specific, I think you inadvertently said 2014. A specific quick follow-up, would you uh, ask that that contract called for higher wages for workers? One of the great things about the contract uh, we did have is that it made sure that Chula Vista had the lowest trash collection fee in the entire county. And one of the things we need to be very careful about, I have the ability to say no. My opponent will say, yeah, let's give them as much as they want, but then says, but oh, the trash has to be the lowest price. 
The th reality is you can't have it both ways. My opponent always wants to have it both ways. He doesn't know anything about business because he isn't a business guy. The reality is, is that I, we need to make sure that we give people good raises, but at a modest, appropriate level, so it doesn't increase our taxes or increase our fees too much. Question to you, Omar. How would you try to change or update that contract, and how would you push for uh, more salaries, more I would wages? Look, I would look into that. My top priority is not passing on the cost to the, the customer. And it's ironic that he's talking about conflict of interest because this is the only person running for office who literally got tens of thousands of dollars from Republic, the trash service, to pad his legal defense fund. That is absolutely true, and you can't keep lying about that. And, okay, $10,000. Let's stick with this okay, so, issue so, trash picking. So this is the issue. John McCann does not, he has a bias. He owes Republic whatever they want because they literally paid for his legal defense fund because he had, he's had five pending investigations against them. So if you want somebody with a fresh approach who's not bought or bossed by anybody, there's only one person standing here, literally Republic Trash Services has padded his legal defense fund. That is a fact that you could all look up on your own. It's on La Prensa, go look it up, it's a fact. So the fact that he's bringing this up is baloney. And one minute I don't have experience, the other minute I'm a government bureaucrat in Washington. One minute I don't have business experience, Etc. 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 He can't have it both ways. One minute he's against immigrants, the minute he's for it. He's been all over the place. Services answer. Uh, on that issue, I will I will look at the contract. We will do what Huntington Beach did, which is actually negotiate this contract, and not let it foreclose on people not getting their trash done. It comes down to leadership. Huntington Beach had the same union problem and the same Republic company, and they solved this problem under his failed leadership. All of you didn't have your trash picked up. Did he come pick up your trash at your home? Thanks, no. Amar. John, thanks, Amar. John, do you want 30 Can I have seconds a on, that? On, the, on the fund? Yeah, the, the reality is, is when you drill down to it, the trash employees wanted a 40% raise. And again, if they received a 40% raise, that would have been passed on to our consumers. Uh, they were making a very challenging choice. Um, I, again, want to make sure that we protect our residents. Uh, the cost that they're going to uh, use should not be passed on our, onto our residents. And if they do go on strike or they fail to pick up your trash, we need to make sure that in the contract, it will be 100% refund to our citizens. Thank you. Let's switch to another issue. I'm getting a lot of questions on homelessness, uh, a huge issue around the country, around the county, but here in Chula Vista as well. And let's start with Harborside Park. A recent city survey of residents asked them what they would prefer to see there. Harborside Park, as everyone knows, the city recently closed it after relocating a homeless camp there because it became a huge issue. The four options were a new rec or community center, a park with outdoor recreation, a senior center, or affordable housing. Which option would you prefer, and would you like to see the park open on a temporary basis as the city and the community figure out what's going to be done there on a long-term basis? Amar first. Look, I went on the record at the city council and I said I commended closing it down. I also said it should have never have gotten to that point. Why do we have a beautiful public park closed down? It's because of a lack of 
leadership and proactive vision from my opponents. 16 years in the city council. We knew this was going to happen, and we did nothing about it. So what I would do as mayor, and what I will do as mayor, if I'm humbled enough to have your endorsement and your support this election, is number one, work with the county government to get us a shelter in South County. All of South County doesn't have a shelter. Not necessarily in Chula Vista, but we don't have a shelter to relocate these folks. We just don't, so they end up on the street, okay? So number one. Number two, the city doesn't have the funding for mental health. That's housed in the county. And with my support from Nora Vargas and Nathan Fletcher, the county board of supervisors, we can get back our taxpayer dollars to help fund mental health in our city. Number three, what we need to do is increase housing, make it accessible, and make sure people don't have a housing problem. The cause of homelessness, as you all know, is mental health, it's um, unaccompanied minors, domestic abuse, and economic hardship. So we have to have an all of the above approach. And last but not least, empower law enforcement to enforce the law on the books. If you break the crime, if you break the law, there's a crime, and you have to enforce that. So you have to have an all of the above uh, approach to solve that problem. What I'd like to do is reimagine the park, and there's been talks about having some residential, so there's eyes and ears in the park, and it's not happening all gradually overnight with the homelessness population increasing. Having a beautiful public park Thank as you. well, and opening up our rec centers. All right. Thank you. John, which of those four options would you consider long-term for the park, and would you want to see it open? Sure. I would prefer, I want it to be a, continue to be a park. Uh, the number one thing, though, is that park is the park for the residents of Harborside. Uh, it became unsustainable because the children and the families of Harborside Elementary School uh, were being exposed to criminal, major criminal activity and major criminal drug use. Uh, we, as a council, were able to unanimously close the park down, but we also worked with the elementary school district to, to make sure that we protected our children and the families of Harborside Park. The people that we should care the most about are our children. We were able to then do several meetings. We're still doing meetings. Uh, I am supporting making sure that we can open up our basketball court again, but the reality is this was a criminal activities that nobody could put up with. It was not my district, but I took the lead to help shut it down because when on the playground equipment, on the slides, you would have feces and drug needles. And I don't know any parent, any family that wants to go to a park to have their kid exposed to that. And the reality is we had to make difficult choices. And again, I was there actually making those choices and working for the you, citizens John. of Chula Vista. Thank you. Now let's move on. Let's get into the issue of crime and the police department. I also have a lot of questions on that issue. And I want to start by putting this in context. In the primary, we asked you both to rate the Chula Vista Police Department. John gave it a 10 out of 10. Amar gave it high marks compared to the rest of the county and country. In the primary, I asked you both about the case of 56-year-old Oral Nunes Sr., who died after a violent interaction with CVPD in March 2020. I would urge all of you, if you have not seen those remarks, to go look at the video. It's on our website. Uh, from May, I want to ask you about a different case tonight. Tonight, I want to ask you about the case of 39-year-old Maya Miliete. She went missing last year at the age of 39, and her family has criticized CVPD for its handling of the case. What, if anything, should have been done differently? And if you were mayor at the time, what 
would you have intervened and how? And then on the back end of that question, more generally, what type of working relationship would we expect to see you have with the police chief? And Amar, why don't you go first? It's a great question. So the mayor of Chula Vista is like the chairman of the city because we're not a strong mayor city. And the city manager is like the CEO. And the chairman can hire or fire the CEO and the police chief, right? Um, I think our city manager has done a great job. I think uh, our chief of police has you know, led this city well as a police uh, chief. Um, it is tragically heartbreaking what happened. Uh, I've talked to the police about this, and they've been able to get closer to you know, holding this person, the alleged person accountable, because some of the innovations in technology we have, like um, the license plate readers, and the, not so much the drones in this case, but innovation is gonna be an important part of what we do as a city, but we have to balance surveillance uh, you know, innovation and safety with privacy. And that's why we have that public safety uh, oversight committee. That's really important. But we have to make innovation work for us. And I think in that case, uh, if, if we ever find some justice for her, it'll be because of the work of our police and the innovation um, that they're using to kind of leverage their work. It's heartbreaking, uh, not an issue that I want to politicize. Uh, what I will tell you, and anybody who's ever worked for me knows this, I am relentless, I, I hound people, I try to get to the bottom of issues, I don't let anything slip by, and I demand answers for everything, and I hold people accountable, I hold them to task, and I bring out the best in people. So with our chief, I will work with her as a partner, but demand accountability every single day. Thank you, Mark. John, question to you. Yeah, I actually was there supporting the family of Maya Millet. I actually went on the search parties uh, to potentially see if we could find any evidence or even potentially her body. Um, I went to the prayer vigils. I was there communicating with our chief of police and I was communicating with the family. And the reality is, is that I think our police department did an excellent job in how they investigated it. And the thing that people should know, it's not just a uh, one hour story time uh, that you see on TV. There are, there's a lot of evidence, there are a lot of things that you have to do as a police officer and the district attorney to make sure you have that all. Because if they were gonna go out and just arrest somebody for it and they didn't have the evidence, it potentially would have blown the case. They had to make sure that they painstakingly collected the evidence, got all the facts, to be able to do that, and they did it. And they actually did it in more of a timely manner than I think most police officers would have expected. Again, I'm endorsed by the Chula Vista Police Officers. I'm endorsed by the National Police Officers Latino Committee. I'm endorsed by almost every law enforcement agency in the city of, or in the county of San Diego because they know that I'm support law enforcement and we have done a great job at the city of Chula Vista. Thank you, John. Serving as mayor is, this is an audience question, serving as mayor is both an honor and it requires sacrifice. What service to country or, or, or the community of Chula Vista are you most proud of, uh, John? Thank you very much. Um, I, uh, my service to the, my hometown, because I love the hometown, my wife and I have, we both grew up in the city of Chula Vista, uh, and we've been married for 25 years. Um, we've raised our kids here, and now we're raising our grandson. 
the reality is is that we've done a lot of great things on the city council and I've been a part of that many of the split votes of being able to move to San Diego community power I've been on the winning side and I've been there when we started to master plan the Chula Vista Bayfront and we've been successful at getting that approved and now that's under construction I've been successful at gaining and garnering all the land for the university and now we have an agreement with San Diego State University it's underway I was there to be able to go ahead and make sure that we plan properly with all the infrastructure all the parks all the amenities for East Lake and 10 years in a row we're the best new home community I was there to be able to help design and change the urban core for Third Avenue to make it successful but my biggest my biggest honor was actually serving in the US Navy when 9-11 happened and the Al-Qaeda terrorists killed 3,000 people I went ahead and took the call to make sure that I went to Iraq and Mosul Iraq and served my country because serving my country and serving my community Thank is you, much bigger than any individual person And and um, so my well, my brother is a naval officer. I was very proud of making the sacrifices I had to, working as a janitor at my church, helping my family make ends meet, making sacrifices so that my family could have an opportunity, my brother could have an opportunity. I'm proud of that, and I would never change that again ever. I got to work at my church and help at-risk youth, kids who want to commit suicide. We have a pastor in the audience here. That's, I'm proud of doing that on the individual level. Obviously, half of the things McCann said he didn't do on his own. But the things of individual merit alone, I can say that there are kids today who are alive because I shared my pain. And I told them there's purpose behind that pain. And they're still here today. I have young interns. I have campaign managers who can't vote in this country but work harder than so many. They work so hard. They love this community. They're from here. And I'm proud of those individual lives that I touched. Just because, just like your lives have touched me, I wouldn't be here today, guys. I was literally a kid who grew up in West Chula Vista. My parents separated when I was young, and I worked hard as a janitor. I worked and took a bunch of unions going to college, and I'm here today, proud Latino Arab American, running for mayor of Chula Vista. I want to embrace everybody, and I promise you, as mayor, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm ambitious, absolutely. I'm going to put all my ambitions for the next four to eight years in this city. And when I'm 42 and I'm done being mayor, who knows what the future will hold, but I promise you, the next eight years, my heart and my soul is going to the 300,000 people who call this city home. Thanks again for listening to the San Diego News Fix. You can find video of the unedited forum online at sandiegouniontribune.com slash election 2022. There, you can also find voter guides, endorsements, and more. Happy voting. <laughs>